Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is the appointed Old Testament lesson, Exodus 33. Moses said to God, Please show me your glory. And God said, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name Yahweh. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And Yahweh said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Moses prayed to Yahweh, the God of Israel, Show me your glory. Let me see your glory. When is the last time anyone prayed that? People are typically more interested in seeing their own glory than seeing God's glory. The temptation is especially strong for theologians, for pastors and pastors in training to want to see their own glory displayed more than God's glory displayed. And so this text invites us to join Moses and pray, O Lord, show us your glory. May this text transform our minds so that we are renewed and not conformed to this world. Moses prayed, allow me to see your glory. This is the same Moses who earlier at the burning bush hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now he boldly asks, let me see your glory. What accounts for the difference? Do you remember the narrative? Ancient Israel was stuck, hopelessly and helplessly, in bondage before Pharaoh. Pharaoh, for all intents and purposes, wanted to be their God. He wanted their complete allegiance They could not free themselves. But the God of Israel, in his infinite mercy, heard their cries, remembered his promises to the patriarchs, and came down from heaven to deliver his people. He defeated Pharaoh the enslaver by power and might. And he freed his people. Freed them, not to be autonomous individuals doing their own thing, but freed them to be his people, belonging to him in his covenant, who would live under his kingdom and live and and follow him. He did all this purely out of mercy and kindness and for the sake of his promises. The Lord brought them to Mount Sinai and ratified his covenant with them by sprinkling the blood of the covenant on the people. They were his people, And now on top of the mountain, the Lord had great plans for Israel. He was revealing to Moses how to build the tabernacle so that the Lord would travel with Israel himself and lead them to to the promised land. God had great, wonderful plans for his people. But at the bottom of the mountain, the bottom of the mountain, the people had other plans. And so the people made the golden calf and worshipped it. They rebelled against Yahweh. They broke the covenant. They provoked God to wrath. 
And God in his furious, righteous indignation threatened to annihilate the people right there on the spot. But Moses, the covenant mediator, stood in the breach, interceded for the people. And Yahweh heard Moses' intercession, turned away from his wrath, repented, and spared the people. But Yahweh knew this people. He knew that they were stiff-necked. So he said that he would send an angel to lead them to the promised land, but that God himself would not go with them. And then Moses interceded again and said, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Good prayer, Moses. The Lord heard this prayer as well. This very thing that you have spoken I will do, the Lord said, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you, Moses, by name. So for the sake of his promises and for the sake of the covenant mediator Moses, God promised that his own presence would go with the people, that God's own, literally his own face, would go with the people and lead them to the promised land. And now in our text, Moses seeks a confirmation of that promise. And so he prays, O Lord, show me your glory. This was not idle curiosity. Moses wanted to see the splendor of God's holiness. He wanted to have an intimate communion and knowledge with God. He wanted to see the brightness of God's own presence. He wanted to see directly God's being, what makes God unique, the only God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Moses desired the beatific vision, the most intimate communion possible with the Creator. Oh, that we would join Moses and yearn for God to display His glory, to show us His glory. God answered that He would confirm His promise of His presence. He would make His goodness pass by Moses. Moses could see, his God, could see God's presence, but a distance had to be preserved. Moses could see God's backside, but not his face, for no mortal sinner can see God's face and live. O Lord, show us your glory. That has been the prayer of the Old Testament saints down the ages. It is our prayer. And the good news, the surprising good news is that the Lord has done just that. Our gospel lesson appointed for today, John 2, gives us the first instance of this. The God of Israel became incarnate, became flesh and tabernacled among us, John says. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. At the wedding of Cana, God incarnate displayed his glory in, with, and through his human nature. Displayed his splendor And his contemporaries, first century contemporaries, could see it. Throughout his ministry, on certain occasions, he would display his glory when he raised Lazarus from the dead. This is the same glory that Isaiah had seen earlier 
As John reminds us in John 12, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. But he displayed his glory most clearly when he allowed himself to be arrested, mocked, spat upon. When he allowed himself to be dishonored, then he displayed his glory for us. There on the cross, see his glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See the glory of his grace, of his undeserved favor for you, for me, for all sinners who would prefer their own glory. See the glory of his truth as he did the truth, as he fully accomplished the Father's will for you and for me and for all sinners who would prefer to believe lies. See his glory on the cross for you, his glory that is full of grace and truth. Show us your glory, O Lord. And on the third day he rose from dead from the dead and appeared to his disciples and showed them his glory. And he continues to show his glory today through this text. And today he invites you to see his glory at the altar as you eat his life-giving body and drink his blood which cleanses you from all sin. See his glory at the altar and pray that one day you will see his glory again directly. For he promises that you will see him as he is. Jesus' prayer recorded in John 17 will be answered on that day. His prayer that brings to consummation the ancient prayer of Moses. He prayed, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Show us your glory, O Lord. May this ever be our desire and prayer. Show us your glory, O Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.